You're listening to Chris Farrell's On Watch podcast from Judicial Watch. I'm Chris Farrell, and this is On Watch. Welcome to On Watch, everybody, the Judicial Watch podcast, where we go behind the headlines to report on stories the mainstream state-controlled media doesn't want you to know about, where we try to recover some lost history, and where we try to explain the inexplicable. Today, we are joined by the chairman of the Colorado Republican Party, Dave Williams. Dave Williams, welcome to On Watch. Yes, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, So, the big question, what in the world is going on in Colorado with regard to President Trump and the ballot and the crazed government lawyers wearing black gowns known as your Colorado Supreme Court? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't begin to, to really answer the question. I think the best uh, excuse that has been given so far is that there's some sort of Rocky Mountain High that we're dealing with uh, in our state. Uh, but but I, I think the truth is a little bit uh, more sinister yeah. than it is funny. Uh, ultimately, what we think happened here was that a, a dark money liberal left-wing group uh, shopped for the for the right court venue uh, to have this case heard. And what's what's, and makes, what's the uh, what's the group? Let's name names. What is sure? Your... It's it's uh, the group is primarily it's a George Soros funded backed group. It's uh, its name is Crew. I believe it's Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. And Judicial Watch uh, so, has a, Judicial Watch has a long and storied career with regard to Crew. Crew was created. Uh, by a guy named Norm Eisen, and again, it was, it was Soros money was involved. Norm Eisen, you'll be amused to learn, was uh, Obama's ethics czar. And yeah. the very same Norm Eisen met with Judicial Watch officials, myself and my two colleagues, Paul Orfanides and Tom Fitton, way back in the Obama administration, and essentially offered us a bribe. They said that if we would drop a lawsuit that we had planned to file to obtain records of White House visitor logs, that they would hold a big White House press conference and announce how wonderful Judicial Watch was. Well, you can imagine <laughs> how far that flew, right? So we have a long track record with uh, Norm Eisen, the folks at Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington crew, and they are, they're Democratic Party operatives, masquerading as some sort of good government group. They're not. Uh, they do as they're told, and they take money from open society foundations. But, but those are the guys who have gone into court and created all the turmoil and all the election interference that you're having to deal with. Is that a fair summary? I, I think it's the only explanation. It's the only um, uh, way to characterize what's going on here. Uh, fact is that we've had a bunch of folks that are very desperate to protect Joe Biden and make sure that he wins re-election. Uh, so hooker by crook, they're engaging in this extraordinary uh, lawfare scheme uh, to interfere with the election and, and ensure that the uh, the competition is eliminated. So the claim, and that, and the, the legal claim is that President Trump violated the 14th Amendment and that disqualifies him. That That's the essence of their claim, correct? Yeah, but it's a, it's a ridiculous claim, especially when you understand that Donald Trump has neither been charged nor convicted of insurrection. And if you don't believe me uh, on how bogus the claim is, just look at the fact that the chief prosecutor, Jack Smith, had the opportunity to bring those charges, chose not to, 
and and now it's somehow being used as a basis uh, to remove Donald Trump from the Colorado ballot and consequently the main ballot. Um, these are dangerous times. This yep. is a constitutional crisis in the making, I think the likes of which we haven't seen since the Civil War. Uh, we don't have a country if we don't have free and fair elections, and you can't have free and fair elections if you uh, don't have the ability to vote for the candidate of your choosing. The last, um, time, the last time the Democratic Party uh, ran around trying to remove someone from the presidential ballot, it was Abraham Lincoln. And so, <laughs> right. uh, I mean, literally, that is true. I'm not, not being facetious. This is, and so the Democrats were frantic to remove Abraham Lincoln from the ballot uh, in the election of 1860. Uh, they were successful in doing so. Lincoln did not appear on any of the ballots in states south of the Mason-Dixon line, uh, which frankly contributed to uh, really the Civil War because the what ended up becoming the Confederacy said, well, he's not our president. He wasn't even on the ballot. We didn't vote for him. And, and that is what the Democratic Party from 1860 is in parallel with the current Democratic Party. They seek to remove people from ballots so that people can't even vote for them if they wanted to. It's, in, it's insanely divisive, and it, it, I, I'm not overstating it. This is the kind of thing that results in real uh, you know, civil unrest and disenfranchisement. Yeah, I'll take it a step further and say the only political group in the nation that really knows about insurrections are the Democrats. They're the ones that incited a civil war Correct. against the against the union. Correct. Um, so it's not Donald Trump. It's not the Republican Party. Uh, the people that are really attacking um, elections and and our free uh, free democratic process with with this republic are the Democrats. The fact that four unelected judges who are appointed by our opposition party me being the Republicans, right? Right. Uh, the fact that they could they could over override the will of the Republican Party and override the will of millions of voters and say you can't vote for Donald Trump, I think uh, demonstrates how far uh, left and crazy uh, the Democrats have become. And, and we have to do whatever we can to stop them. So all seven of those Supreme Court, the Colorado Supreme Court uh, justices, all seven are, are Democrat appointed. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. That's why. That's why I suggested earlier that Crew knew what they were doing by bringing the lawsuit to Colorado. The threshold for getting uh, a hearing was very low, right, under our election code. That's why they opposed uh, the change of venue into uh, into the federal court system, and they even admitted as much that they don't have standing at the federal level, right, which is why they wanted it back in uh, the Colorado court system. So you got, and then, they, and they knew that judges were uh, have been uh, appointed. Pro predominantly by Democrat governors. So the four that led the opinion in, in the 4-3 split, uh, the four in the majority uh, obviously are you know, hard over leftist political operatives. Uh, the three in the minority, did any of the three in the minority express any sort of reservation or point to the gravity of, uh, of what was being done? Was there any conscience at all uh, sort of expressed or in some way uh, demonstrated that, you know, hey, wait a minute, what are we doing? Let's hold on a second. Yeah, well, I, we certainly think so. If you read their dissents, they, they really made a, a, a big case for due process. How can we in good conscience, in essence, throw uh, the leading Republican contender off the ballot when he's neither been convicted nor charged? And, and there is a, a, a mechanism, right? There is, there is a legal charge. A federal prosecutor could come 
and charge Donald Trump with insurrection and, and go through the process of obtaining a, a conviction. But they didn't do that. And, and that's the only mechanism by which you could even remotely disqualify someone uh, under the 14th Amendment, Section 3. And they talked about that, and I think it was a reasoned uh, dissent, and we hope that the United States Supreme Court uh, will certainly look at those dissents and, and make the case. One thing that your audience should know sure. is that the four justices that voted to remove Donald Trump all went to Ivy League schools, while the three justices who who voted against removing him from the ballot, they all went to public institutions. Yeah. So yeah. so just keep that in mind. There's something rotten in our Ivy League institutions. Yeah, and, and that should be highlighted by the breaking news as we're recording this show that uh, the uh, president of Harvard, uh, doctor, and I use the phrase very loosely based on our credentials, Dr. Gay is resigning uh, as president uh, of Harvard. So, yeah, there's something about the Ivy League that's uh, it's sort of a fever swamp mentality, uh, you know, where they, the thinking, uh, they're, they're educated beyond their intellect. That, that's part of the problem. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's get to the position of, so the 19th of December, uh, these government attorneys wearing black robes who are really political operatives in the case of Colorado. Uh, they come out with a decision and they knock Trump off the ballot. You've got a responsibility. You're the chairman of the party in the state. One would argue that you're the one who should be deciding <laughs> what does or doesn't happen in your party. I mean, uh, normally uh, states look at political parties as sort of uh, as clubs, right? You're a, a, a group of people who self-identify, who have a charter or a constitution, you organize, you, you run your set of rules, you police yourselves, you appoint and dismiss people. You're your own organization. So when it comes to the operations and activities of the, the, party, the Republican Party of Colorado, arguably you're the guy who has the biggest interest in what's going on. So, uh, so they make this decision. Now what do you do? Well, I immediately tell our attorneys that we're, we're going to file uh, an appeal to the United States Supreme Court. Luckily, uh, early on, when this was at the district court level, right. uh, we, inter we intervened uh, as, a, uh, as a party to the case. And we felt that it, that was necessary to do that to protect our members' interests in nominating who, who they feel is appropriate. And that, that very well looks like it's going to be Donald Trump. But the fact remains is that we have First Amendment rights, specifically for the freedom, freedom of association, uh, to associate with whoever we want and nominate whoever we want. Right. Um, and I've stated this uh, from the very beginning. And in a lot of ways, this is bigger than Donald Trump. If they can do this to the 45th president of the United States, they can do this to any Republican candidate. That is correct. And it's within our best interest to uh, maintain our ability to vote for whoever we think best represents our party. And so we were granted that intervention and we presented evidence and made arguments to the court uh, as to why it uh, was important that the political party be the uh, ultimate arbiter of who is a qualified bona fide candidate for a Republican nominating contest. And did, uh, the, did, court, the court disagreed, but none, nonetheless, that's what we argued. I was going to say that that would be the key thing is, to, at least in my opinion, uh, what were the court's findings? Did they accept what you said, at least in whole or in part? Did they reject it completely? What was the outcome of that particular piece of litigation? Well, ultimately, I think the court sort of danced around the issue. They didn't really get to it. Um, but, 
you know, during the course of uh, testimony and and um, the the hearing itself, right. we we te- we teased out this line of thought, and uh, this we, we had the Secretary of State's office, you know, more or less admitting that their function was more uh, was more or less ministerial. Right. Uh, right. They're they're not the ones to be deciding, you know, who's a a proper Republican or a Democrat. Right. That's that's up to it's up to the uh, major political parties. To decide the uh, qualifications of uh, of any candidate that comes our way, um, the court more or less uh, decided that Donald Trump. District court decided that Donald Trump did engage in insurrection, um, and that that the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three, did not apply in this instance because Donald Trump was not an officer under under the United States. Uh, that's referencing the 14th Amendment. So right. they really didn't touch on the issue. Supreme Court also didn't really touch on the issue as Colorado Supreme Court really didn't touch on that issue, but it's something that we're force we're going to force that issue and that's one of the three um questions that we submitted to the United States Supreme Court. You know, we wanted them to decide does the 14th Amendment apply to a president? Uh section 3. Does um is is the 14th amendment section three is it self-executing which we don't believe it is and then number three um you know doesn't the political party uh, the republican party have a right uh to nominate who we feel we should nominate and, and and the colorado decision isn't that a violation of our first amendment freedom of association rights those are great uh, questions so critical crucial crucial questions to to have to have asked are there any internal Colorado uh, time limits, restrictions, issues that have to be addressed? Because, you know, if the Supremes don't act or don't decide, then, you know, you pass some magic date and nothing can happen anyway. Is there some, is there some other mechanism that uh, these uh, kind of neo-Marxist operatives are relying on uh, to nullify or to, or to knock out Trump? Regardless of what a court decides, right? Well, the, this is sort of uncharted territory that we're we're wading into, obviously. Right. Uh, but there's a few things that we do know and that are uh, playing into how we operate and conduct ourselves uh, as the appeal moves forward. Uh, first off, the Colorado Supreme Court put a, a deadline in place that if any party appealed by January 4th, they'll go ahead and stay their ruling and allow Trump to be printed onto the ballot. We did that um, uh, last week. We appealed, and so that that took care of the issue. Uh, what was very interesting is we got our appeal in before Trump's team. Uh, we were very proud that we were able to get ours in quicker than him. Right, right. Uh, well, he, but has, any, he, he has one or two other things to think about. <laughs> he, he does. He's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh, lawfare he's battling. So I can yep. appreciate our ability to get it in quicker. But when we got it in, that stayed the ruling, so he'll be printed on the ballot. And, and of course, the Secretary of State, who's a hyper-partisan hack for right. the Democrats, reluctantly and begrudgingly informed uh, the state that she had to do that. However, uh, what we anticipate now is that even though he might be printed on the ballot, that doesn't actually mean any votes uh, would be counted for him because Jenna Griswold uh, really wants to remove – Donald Trump from the ballot because she believes he is an insurrectionist. So what we believe she's going to do is is um, is sort of segment out votes if uh, the Supreme Court doesn't act right. So if the Supreme Court uh, doesn't act quickly, 
uh, then we expect the the Secretary of State to segment out those votes and not count them until there's some sort of definitive ruling from the Supreme Court. So you're, just you're, because your Secretary of State, um, you know, it sounds like someone should conduct research to see if she has, if she has any old parking tickets or something. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, some, I appreciate some, some, some impeachable offense that uh, would remove her from office based on, you know, gross violation of. Uh, Denver parking statutes or, you know, some other thing that she, she should receive the same level of scrutiny that she wishes to impose on others. We're, we're definitely exploring our, our options to, there might to be bring a, it back. There might be a library fine. She might have had a late book, you know, and that, that, would, that would be an impeachable offense. We're certainly we're exploring, exploring our, our options for political accountability on her part. Uh, but we, we appreciate the work that you guys did to sue her over our dirty vo voter rolls. Indeed. Um, we're, very, get, we're, we're very proud of how we've tried to clean up Colorado's voting rolls. Uh, we, we need it because she, look, she is not a fair election official. She is a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat leftist who is going to use her position to always favor and tip the scales uh, for Democrats. Right. So we're, we're, we're going to do whatever we can to hold her accountable. But with that said, if the Supreme Court doesn't act quickly then that's a very real threat. Just because he's on the ballot doesn't mean that we've ultimately succeeded. We need to be able to make yeah. sure those votes are counted. The other problem we have is that the party has to send national delegates to the national convention. And we uh, do not want to involve ourselves in a rigged primary election that doesn't have Donald Trump uh, on the ballot or one that doesn't count his votes. So if we don't hear from the Colorado Supreme Court very quickly, then we have to prepare uh, for the potential of pivoting from a uh, presidential primary system to a caucus system so that we can nominate delegates who will then go on and vote for Donald Trump should they, should they choose to do so. Yeah, you've, um, got, you've got your homework to do. You've got, uh, you've got to have uh, alternatives and options available to you to react to whatever nonsense gets thrown at you. Right, and none of this, none of this is is uh, free, <laughs> right? We don't have George Soros-funded uh, backers who are, are helping us to undermine uh, democracy. Right, we're 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 beholden uh, and and um, at the mercy of our individual donors, which has been great. We've seen a lot of people step up around the country to help us uh, fight this lawfare in court and out of court and also potentially prepare for a caucus. And if any, any of your viewers want to help, we need it. Come to our website at cologop.org. Again, that's cologop.org. And, and chip in and pitch in. And at the very least, keep informed because we're on the forefront of this battle. We're on the front lines defending your right to vote for Donald Trump. But we said this in our briefings early on and certainly in our appeal to the United States Supreme Court that if they get away with it here, you're going to see a domino effect across the country where other radical secretaries of state yep. or even other litigation comes through to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's also sort of an irony here is that every time one of these lunatic kind of maniac uh, operations is launched and it gets any kind of traction whatsoever, whether it's, you know, your Supreme Court or whether it's Jack Smith and, you know, his weird uh, obsessive compulsive conspiracy theories that he's weaving. Whenever people learn about it, there's actually a boomerang effect. And there's a whole bunch of people who are so aggravated and annoyed and frustrated at what clearly is such an insanely biased effort to rig the system, to have selective prosecutions, to demonize a political opponent, 
to go through these sort of weird Soviet sh uh, show trials where, you know, they first they announce the conviction and then they worry about what they're going to do afterwards. It actually makes people more motivated to, to be supportive and to get involved. And that's really what we can hope for, is that every time one of these crazy things occurs, people realize just how fanatically, insanely obsessed the left is in going after President Trump, and uh, that they'll do virtually anything. Uh, and I'm going to start to strike the word virtually, that they will do anything to try to eliminate him as a political opponent. And, uh, you know, we heard very reckless language and we've seen really crazy actions. So where's the limit? Where's the end of this? I don't know. Uh, but there's a whole lot of people that are motivated because they see just how severe and how nuts it is. So it makes them get, you know, energized and want to jump in and, and fight. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I say the word fight advisedly. I don't mean that right. literally. Peace, peacefully and patriotically. That's but. right. Exactly. Uh, the, I mean, I think that's the best thing, the silver lining, if you will, that's come out of this is the exposure. Now the whole world gets to see the Democrats for who they truly are. Right. They're not, they're not people that want to protect, protect the notion of one man, one vote. They're not people that believes in free and fair elections. Uh, they will maintain, maintain power uh, through whatever means necessary to include removing political competitors that they're afraid are going to win. And that's why we need people to get involved. If all of your viewers, the, million, the millions of people who are viewing this, if they were to just pit, to pitch in 20 bucks uh, to our efforts, we would have all the, uh, the resources we would need to combat crew and their George uh, Soros-backed organization. Uh, and that's what we need in order to win. We're, we're trying to not only fight for Donald Trump's ability to run, but more importantly, your ability as a voter to vote for him or even against him. Let's say you don't even want to support Donald Trump. You have a right to vote against him just as much as you would uh, to vote for him. And that's, I think, what everyone needs to understand, regardless of who you support in the presidential election, is that our fundamental right to vote for who we choose is at stake here. If they get away with it, then we're never going to be able to go back to what we used to have. The the underpinning of this country is 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 self governance. We get to choose. But if you have government employees, whether they be elected or un, or appointed or, or bureaucrats deciding right. who your candidates, who the approved candidates are, then look out. We're we're about to head into a Soviet era uh, uh, time for our for our country. You're exactly correct, and you're not exaggerating. Not one syllable of what you said is exaggeration or political hyperbole. Not not a thing. You are exactly describing the circumstances that uh, not just you face in Colorado, but in uh, really every state of the union, but in particular where there's other challenges being made on these same bizarre Fourteenth Amendment grounds. Uh, what is next? You know, you've got a calendar you're looking at and you're figuring out, okay, well, you know, we're looking for a decision on this or for, you know, a filing to be made on that or you've got a progression laid out in front of you. What are you worried about and what does the American public need to know over the next week, two weeks, month? What's the lineup? Yeah, you bet. I think the, the thing that we're most concerned about is not having um, oral, oral arguments heard quickly. Uh, we need to get some sort of uh, uh, final determination by the United States Supreme Court, preferably uh, in January, this month, uh, if not maybe early February. 
uh, absent that, then we're gonna have we're gonna run into some very uh, challenging circumstances. Again, I have to send national delegates uh, to Milwaukee for our July convention, and currently, as it, as it's written right now, we use the presidential preference primary on Super Tuesday to determine delegate allocations. Um, if Donald Trump's not allowed to be on that ballot or his, his uh, votes are not to be counted, uh, then I have to pivot into a caucus uh, situation so that we can allow him to compete. But that's not cheap, and that's why I'm encouraging your voters to visit our website at cologop.org to help us fight the lawfare but also potentially fund a caucus so that President Trump we can still nominate him in uh, Milwaukee uh, with our with our delegates. Um, the good news is is that the uh, opposition, the petitioners, crew has has agreed with us that they want the Supreme Court to hear this and decide it by uh, the first week of February, I believe. And they've submitted that briefing to the Supreme Court. So right now we're just in a holding pattern, waiting for uh, SCOTUS to grant us cert, right. and then tell us tell us when we can present our case to them. Uh, hopefully this this month. Dave, thank you very much for giving us a good summary and wrap-up and what we're looking forward to ahead. Uh, once again, remind everyone, what, where can they go on a website or what can they, how can they follow on social media to keep up to speed with what's going on, the latest information from you? You bet. You bet. Visit our website at cologop.org. Again, that's cologop.org. You're going to see a big, beautiful picture of Donald Trump's mugshot with a with a donation link that you can uh, chip in and help us with. But we're also we're also posting information about what's going on there. Or you can follow us on Twitter uh, now X at um, at cologop. Again, that's at symbol cologop, and we'll keep you up to date on our efforts as we protect. Uh, your right to vote for Donald Trump. Dave Williams, chairman of the Colorado Republican Party, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm Chris Farrell on Watch. Thanks for listening to Chris Farrell's On Watch podcast. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.